Hi, this is Jackie Fry, design ops leader and part-time sociologist. And this is Allison Rand, design ops leader and cognitive neuroscientist in training. And you are listening to In Common. Woo! I missed you. Aww. I, I missed you. I too. missed this. I missed this, what we have here. Like we, <laughs> we do, we have it on like, and I feel like I've gone even a little quiet on on the Marco Polo. I mean, people. Oh, you're just totally disappeared from Marco Polo. And I feel, yeah, I've been, I've had a lot on my mind. I know that, you know, we, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't published anything. We didn't, it wasn't, you know. We took a break. We took a break. We took an intentional break. An intentional break to leave room for like I was on Twitter like people are posting and there's all these conferences going on in the middle of what was you know a protest outside of both of our houses pretty much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or down the road not directly but I mean not too far from both of us and um, I just couldn't compute why people were still talking about design. <laughs> you and I were you and I were like let's no this is a time this is not the time so and there's definitely not the time no judge um and I'm super stoked for you know everybody but for us it was not the right time and I'm super glad if you have to like think back on something from like all of the conversations we've been having this season one what it kind of just sort of felt like how we always talk about like, what did you, what was season one like for you? I know that we were just like, let's just do it. Let's just go. Let's go. I'm recording, get a mic. Well, it's kind of how we both roll, right? I think that we're both, I appreciate our, both of our ability to be strategic and executional at the same time. And we've been talking about doing it and we had this sort of loose plan, but we never talked about it like, other than that and then we were just like okay let's record and we just yeah talking. no project plan um, <laughs> this is just like we cannot make a project plan for this which is really funny because our professions time. are literally to make plans all the time there's no, there's no time uh, you no. put together a nice powerpoint um, <laughs> um <laughs> don't throw, nice don't throw a ppt at me i definitely did a google slides okay it was a oh, google sorry slides. you didn't know <laughs> I mean, it wasn't keynote. I get that. All right. It wasn't keynote, but I did not throw a dot PPT together. Okay. Don't throw that at me. Such a snooch. PPTX. Okay. No, thank you. I love Microsoft. I don't know what you're talking about. I love Microsoft too. I like live or die by um, Excel, but you know. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> the truth. Um, so anyway, season one oh gosh it feels like we did this is our 12th episode we did 12 episodes we did 12 Muggle. so oh, i feel Muggle. like that in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of a like economic crisis a pandemic and a social. racial social racial crisis well that's where we paused but um i think that we you know deserve to give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back um for you know i I think we 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 started to scratch the surface on a lot of relevant topics and all of the the things that you and i like to 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 uh expound and (laughs) (laughs) so if nothing else we've endured ourselves what about you what do you think uh i you know i am I feel like I've learned so much from other people, from these conversations, from, yeah, all of that. But I think the number one thing I took away is you really got to have, you got to have some people around you who are going to, like, understand you, help you think a little bit differently. And you're Mm -hmm. just, you're that person for me. And I just, like, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if I could have gotten to the place where I'm at right now mentally and emotionally and both as a design leader but as a woman if it weren't for you know season one and I'm so stoked for season two I'm so I'm so just you're you're amazing and if you if you're listening if you're listening to this and you're like (laughs) make sure like the one thing I would take away and the one like I'm like y'all have your people you know like it's a it's a tough world, but 
don't try, don't oh don't lean on all of design twitter to like get you through oh, design gosh. leadership <laughs> you're so right and what you said was so much better than what i said but no way it was that no you're so right and that I, and i think now more than ever to your point to your super perfect point we really need to surround ourselves with diverse voices in order yes. to push ourselves to think beyond you know this very, very insular community mm -hmm. that we are growing and thriving in, but it's not, not um, everybody it's, it's functioning at the disservice of many. Mm -hmm. So I think you're a hundred percent spot on. And I thank you because you always push me as well. So this so. next amazing guest is just unbelievable. And Hashtag I just blessed. But we were so blessed. <laughs> we were both like, oh my gosh, do you think like we could ask, ask this person and like, they'll do it? You know, yeah. I hope they yeah. will say yes. Like yeah. you and I were like, maybe, maybe like, you're like, oh, I know them. Like, I'll ask. And like, oh my gosh. And then they were like, yeah. So uh. this is just um, unbelievable. And I think ends uh, season one in such a good way that will, um, ask more questions and give answers and that is just where we need to be right now and i'm super super stoked enjoy episode 12 and thank you so much for listening to season one thank you so much for listening let's do this let's do it everybody jackie i am so excited we have taken a little bit of a break. We'll uh, yeah, I miss you. I miss y'all. I, really, I really, really, really miss you too. But I, I am you. like beyond excited today to have our finale. Oh my god! Incredible. Oh my god! Inspirational, fantastical Super. guest, Quentin Harris, Quentin! chief of staff for John Maeda, publicist sapient, one of the founders of Hella Creative. Quentin, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. That was an amazing <laughs> intro. Uh, no, I'm serious. That was incredible. I was like, I was just like, what's up, what's up? What's up, what's up? Do you remember that song? <laughs> yes, yes. No. Is the bank had bounced? I do. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Quentin. I was, you are de I was about to say, you're definitely from Atlanta. Yeah, I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> I'm immediately like, what's up, what's up? But I probably get a cease and desist. Yes. Right now. They hear, they hear, <laughs> they hear that in like Atlanta. Just stop. Can you stop, ma'am? <laughs> ma'am, put that down. Uh, all right. It feels so good to be chatting. I'm so excited to be chatting with the two of you. I feel like there is like a million different synergies and connections and like just uh, mind melds that we can have. So let's just get into it. Quentin, Quentin. Yes. Tell yes. us, tell us, tell us about you. Where yes. have you been? Where have you yes. been? Okay. So I'm going to go in reverse <laughs> chronological order. Okay, cool. So right now. now, yeah. So my here and now I am currently acting. Um, so I actually, finished out my chief of staff role with John Maida. Um, I'm working with him at Publicis Sapient um, on the global leadership team for experience. Uh, experience designs, some other people call it, but experience is kind of overarching, mm -hmm. uh, talking about digital experience. Um, and uh, yeah, I uh, co-lead computational design, our computational design practice, and that's more from a human perspective. So my colleague Adam Morris is a genius when it comes to anything technical. Um, and he is helping to automate some of our design processes and some of the thinking around how we can make better like designs, more accessible designs. Um, and I'm focusing most, more so on the human side and how do you, you know, uh, use AI machine learning to help better uh, create teams of people and organizations uh, of Ooh. people and how, yeah, people work together and, and actually grow their, their, their talents and their careers. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now, in addition to being a create, group creative director. So I'm working on client projects. Um, I kind of came in as a hybrid. So anything from a visual design perspective to a product design, I'm all kind of all over the place uh, in that regard. Um, and uh, I've been at this company for about six months. Oh, so, wow. Uh, yeah, so I'm fresh. Uh, 
and new. And so before that, uh, I took a year off to really think about what I wanted to do. Um, I just finished up a 10 year at a small startup called Blavity, which is a, a, a media company. And we served um, black millennials, you know, doing uh, both live events, but then also like online publication work. So that's everything from Blavity, Afrotech, 2190, um, the whole suite of like black brands <laughs> that were targeting millennials. Um, and so I did, I was the first creative director that was hired there and I, you know, chartered a team, developed the department. Um, and before that I was at a startup called Walker and company uh, where I was design lead and we made uh, hair and beauty products. So uh, if you've ever heard of bevel or form mm -hmm. beauty, um, those were products that were uh, introduced by the company. The, the mission of the company was to make hair and beauty simple for people of color. Um, and we were injuries and Horowitz backed. Um, and eventually um, the, the company was acquired by Procter and Gamble uh, no. and back in 2018. And so I did the startup thing for a little bit. And before the startup thing, I was in advertising uh, in the agency world. So I worked for Digitas, um, which was kind of the, the company that gave me my wings. Um, I was the art director and then an experienced designer there. Um, and before that I was, undergrad at MIT. So I was studying wow. mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. And uh, in uh, uh, architecture and visual arts. Oh my so gosh. a little bit of a mixed background of things. Um, you know, Digitas was the first company that I worked for as an intern and then got the full time when I figured out that I wanted to go more creative than the engineering pathway. But it's been like a little bit of a bounce around. So I've, you know, done some stuff here, done some stuff there. I love, love, love this hybrid, like hodgepodge way of being, of thinking. I remember- We're like um, same, we all same, yeah, same, yeah, all the same. But I remember um, I hired, when I was at Frog, I hired uh, an MIT graduate from the mechanical engineering program and uh. into program management. And I was confused why she wanted to be on my team. But <laughs> like, I was like, why do you want to work on my team? I was like, you're like way smarter than me. But then she was like, <laughs> she explained it to me and it completely made sense. So I, I feel like even though um, your path our paths, like these like collective creative design paths are somewhat unconventional. They actually make a lot of sense, you I know? know? Yeah. And yeah. this way of, of thinking or just more holistic way of thinking. And, and, and it's also like about just different, bringing able to bring in different perspectives and different parts of your, using different parts of your brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like the engineering discipline is like the best discipline to get the systems thinking kind of uh -huh. skill skill set um being able to kind of look at a a large system in a macro level and then get into the minutiae details of how that system works and functions being able I to mean, just constantly go in and out i think is is a that's what I, engineers can that's do amazing the best. i draw every map as a schematic and people think i'm mm -hmm. like what is that jackie why are you drawing electric nodes i'm like it's all it makes total sense like it everything is a schematic okay <laughs> yes. everything's schematic so th this is a podcast about all of the adjacencies to and within design operations so so i'd mm, love yes. to hear a little bit about your so you've wrapped up your chief of staff role but and yep. the work that you're doing right now i know we talk about like you know uh, is incredibly interesting around like just using data to better inform how we build teams et cetera, et cetera. And you talk to us a little bit about your yeah your chief of staff role like what what yeah what that was all about so it was a beautiful moment in my life. I was on my sabbatical last year. Um, I, I planned originally only to take three months. It ended up being a full, I think six or seven. Um, I, I quit my job and um, at the end of that three months, like three days before the end of that three months, I get a DM from this guy named John Maida. Now I knew who he was. <laughs> I knew who he was. He slid into your DMs. That's oh the my God, that was the best story. <laughs> no, I'm so serious. I'm so on Twitter? Serious. On LinkedIn? Which on Twitter. On Twitter. Oh, Twitter. The, the, the original. The original <laughs> sliding in. in. That's, awesome. <laughs> um, pretty, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet. So yeah. I already knew I liked the guy. I mean, <laughs> I personally have known of him and I've known he was adjacent to the start, the first startup that I was telling you about, Walker and Company. He was an investor. Um, and so I knew of him and he had a good relationship with my founder, but I didn't know him personally. I knew he was an MIT grad as well. 
So it was really exciting to just for an OG to kind of reach out and say, hey, I see you. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, yeah. But then, you know, he said, hey, can we talk a little bit? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in maybe having you a part of uh, a project that I'm doing. A project at first. <laughs> you know, I we get on John the phone so and uh, we talk for two hours. Oh, bless. Um, Gosh. I know. And it was the first time we've ever talked. And from that moment, I just knew that there was something that this man had to impart in me. And I just didn't mm. know exactly what that meant. I didn't know mm. if that meant a job. And this was when I was soul searching. So I, you know, I wasn't even thinking about a job. I was just thinking about an opportunity to connect with someone who, um, you know, I told him, I said, well, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm seeing my possibility. I'm seeing you and I'm seeing myself inside of you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And uh, it's, it just deeply resonated. Like we just were, we were just having these heart chats. Your vibes. He said, you know what? Yeah, the vibes. The vibes, mm-hmm. are <laughs> the um, vibes. I think you should be my chief of staff. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I've heard of a chief of staff. I've never heard of a chief <laughs> yeah. of staff. Yeah. Did you ever watch a design uh, leader? <laughs> right. Called <laughs> us. We could have helped you. Yeah. <laughs> right in that moment, Jackie Fry. <laughs> and now like, so I would have loved that. Craft uh. his mind into your mind. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's Basically. what you have to do. <laughs> Basically. And I was um, I was so nervous because the way this man's mind works, or at least how I was discovering how it works, I was like, "Wait a minute, um, am I am I gonna survive this? Like, what, what's gonna what's gonna happen?" I think he thought then chief of staff initially was gonna be the right move for me. One, it would allow me to learn the business at scale. I think mm-hmm. two, um, it would position me in a way where there's not a lot of questions around like what I'm there to do and why am I there to do it? I'm really the enforcer. So if, mm-hmm. you know, John had already like four or five different things going on, I could just jump in and say, okay, these things need to get done. Chief of Staff, of Staff says, get it done. And they <laughs> listen to you? Oh my gosh. And, Is that like a well, pill so, I can take? They listen to you? I know they actually listen so, to you. Yeah, they don't so, listen to me. But you know, like he was, <laughs> He was really trying to ensue me with, or like endow me with privilege. And I'd never yes. really understood it, oh right? I didn't, at least You're in so the lucky. beginning of it. You're so lucky. I am, I am because it's something that he recognized very early in me. You like, gotta have it to I, do that role. You gotta have it, right? You gotta have it to show up to be your authentic self or show up to have the courage to just, to deploy ideas or to speak up when, you or know, you feel risk. like you. Yeah, yeah. I remember being my startups. Uh, we had chief of staff roles at various times, um, whether it was well, at Warfarin Company or or um, or uh, Blavity. And there was a very like it was always known as like a temporary position. Oh, so, really? oh yeah, because th- yeah. people can't uh, people turn it's a high turnover role. And not yeah, it's a high turnover role. And I think for the type of leader that John is, because I think chief of staff depends on the type of leader that you have yeah. above you, mm-hmm. he, he's pretty self-sufficient. Right. So it was, it, was, it was a situation where not only had I, did I have to learn how to be a chief of staff, I had yeah. to learn John. And I, so in terms of my uh-huh. study and my, my coursework, essentially, right. um, John was really intuitive at the, at the, at the, in, the, in the regard of like, I had to learn him. So he gave uh-huh. me a list of books that like I had to read to understand exactly where his mind was because he's always, he's an academic. So he's always always referencing this theory, this theory, this theory, this theory. For me, it was, it was a different, also a different learning style because um, reading was like, okay, I read these books, but what concepts did he really want me to Uh understand and learn and apply? And we would spend most of our one-on-one time uh, when we so so chief of staff, we set it up so I would meet with him daily so we could op- onboard really quickly and make sure we're doing dual check-ins. He would spend time teaching me because he's a professor. And mm-hmm. once I saw the concept on the board, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, um, right, so right, right. It's interesting. It's interesting because I think my my experience with him was um, a little uh, less typical. Um, in, in terms of what a chief of staff role is, because I, I, you know, he had connected me to the chief of staff at uh, Sonos, um, Alan Mask, who's a man of color, you know, um, and it was, it was, it was it, you know, 
him in general, like he was connecting me to people in the industry to give me he perspective. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately, um, you know, I think he, when we set up some of the procedures and the protocols that he needed to kind of run our, our global meetings and, you know, some of the, some of the communications that he wanted to create, um, once we got those things into a good place, he said, okay, I need you to go and do the work now. It was a, it was a quick turnaround in terms of that role, but, um, you know, um, ultimately I'm doing the work that he saw that I was going to be able to do coming in, which was what does it mean to have a humanistic practice within mm. experience design? How do you care about people? How do you understand people um, and deploy people at scale? Ooh, okay. So uh, this makes me think of some current topics right now. Mm. You're talking about human-centered. You said it. Yep. Okay. Um, hot Humanistic. take. I think, I think I'm about to cancel like the term design thinking right now. Like there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, <laughs> I can't co-sign that. Like, I she said it. She said it. I think I can't use that term anymore. I mean, like, mm. I don't know. Mm. Hot take, hot take. Uh, cancel design thinking as a term, as like the thing where like everybody does design thinking. Like, is the concept good, but the just um, a, a sort of, was not, what we call them this? Yeah, I don't know. Hot take. Yeah. What are your thoughts? That is, that is a hot take. I was going to say, as you should, but. <laughs> uh, do it okay i get it okay, I'm done. I think you should do I'm it done. but the diplomat <laughs> in me would say um as a person of color as a as a black man um from chicago mm-hmm. um that was educated at mit i could say from a from a life perspective design thinking was never for me mm. um I believe that design thinking came from a colonial, white male colonial Mm. perspective. Mm. And how do you develop empathetic processes to make things? Mm. And from that vantage point, uh, which is not my vantage point, I don't Mm -hmm. think that I can create within that system. Now, are there principles that apply? I think so. And I think uh, when you look at it as 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 a model for um, how we create things and how we, how we uh, develop, you know, uh, relationships between things. Yeah, sure. Um, but like my, my vantage point is different. So I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to it. Um, I have to. Um, I was having this conversation, this exact conversation this weekend on my Instagram DMs with one of my favorite people, Kevin <laughs> Bethune. Oh, yeah. It's just, um, I adore and respect tremendously. And I just want to read what he wrote me. I hope it's okay. I hope he won't. He says, basically, I get the sense that basic design thinking rubrics have them espousing a sense of pain points and how might we's from an ivory tower privilege vantage point, just like Mm -hmm. you said, where they claim to understand insights, but not quite. Thus, any solutioning misses out on key value criteria and sensitivities, inducing harm and greed, further exploration, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. Talk to me about this. Yeah. This was like the where are the black designers? Because I was we were texting. Like, Please talk to I me more like, about yeah, this. Like I design need to know more. Canceled, and she's like, "Wait, what?" And I was like, "It's like a thing on Twitter. Did you not see the thing on Twitter? Like, you're not, it's like not. You so don't want to." Yeah, then I started texting Kevin. <laughs> like, I was like, "Tell like, me what's tell happening?" Me what? <laughs> because we had this conversation yeah. last week, actually, Kevin and I, when I was talking about this exact thing with my experience, saying I, I remember just being in these rooms and pounding on the table and saying, how are we saying that we're doing that? Like we have empathy for our users or customers or whatever it is when like this mm-hmm. entire room, I'm the only person who looks different in this entire room and have been the only person who's looked different in this whole room for like the last six years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the very visual that I get when you were saying all of this is like, you know, and uh, please, don't take this any type of way, but I just see a white person coming in and trying to save someone. And I think mm. like mm. our sister, our, <laughs> I just our, got boiled. <laughs> <laughs> our, like, um, I mean, that's, I guess that's systemic in terms of like, like 
uh, uh, I guess a neater way to say it is um, that's kind of how things have always been. And, mm-hmm. um, and design thinking in so many ways reinforces a, a system that needs to be dismantled uh, in a very Ooh. specific way. Um, I wrote down a phrase actually when you were saying that and it reminded me of a, you know, kind of, I don't know where if I got this from my mom or somebody else. It says something like people have to solve their own problems. And I think that like when you talk about representation in the room to actually solve very complex issues, if you don't have people who deeply identify with the problem or have like personal context for the problem, you're not going to be able to truly solve it in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I think about just kind of the project that I worked on um, at Walker and Company, the Bevel brand which was developing grooming products for black men, specifically black men, um, but people who had thick curly coarse hair that couldn't use the products that were on the market. We had to go within a vantage point that was purely our own and really solve the problems that Mm -hmm. we had as as a people. And Mm -hmm. like white men, Gillette, you know, folks who are at these bigger companies, yes, they can have really amazing design teams to try to solve this problem, but like, it's been a hundred years. They haven't solved it quite right, yet. Right, right. Um, and this problem and has been around a very long time. <laughs> a very long time. So what you're seeing is a disconnect between who's right. in the room solving the problem mm. and who actually needs the problem yeah. solved. And so that's why it kind of goes back to the idea that people need to solve their own problems, mm. right? Representation, that's, that's why it matters because only if you have designers in a room who have very specific backgrounds, they can actually be the catalyst for change um, in their in the, from their respective backgrounds, yeah. right? To Lived experience work. It's all I, exactly. for me. It's about diverse li- living experiences. Mm-hmm. Have we? You know, it's and yeah, that's why I keep I keep saying that. It's now I'm like, yeah. don't use the word design thinking. No, and yeah. <laughs> the term that I, like that's not. We're not going to do it. Um, yeah, and we have to think about we... the intersectionality of, uh, oh, yeah. of of experiences too, right? So, like, as a as a black man, like, I have a per- I have a very specific point of view, but like, as a you know, uh, like a, maybe an Asian trans woman, like 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 I don't know that experience, and so right. I should not. I, how dare I solve an issue for that experience? Yeah, um, and not not saying that I can't, but like, I for sure. If I'm going to, you know, pot, orient myself to be of service to a very specific demographic, I'm going to make sure that my perspective um, is reflected in that of that of that demographic. You know? Yeah, I think. You know, e- okay. So I was just even thinking about like how we were just talking about our two different experiences in the same role, like similar roles, mm-hmm. doing the same right. thing, have radically right. different experiences of that, different mm-hmm. vantage, different lived experiences of those roles, although. John did sound like he set that up real good for you. So he did. Well, I mean, he but I did on you. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just saying he knew what's up because it's but, a hard role. <laughs> I think that someone yeah. like John knows what's up, but also it speaks <laughs> like volumes to what, what it means yeah. to be an actual sponsor yes. of somebody. What it mean, but like, just like for someone to be like, you know what? I got your back. Like this is basically what he's saying when he's like, I'm the boss. Like if this goes to shit, just blame it on me. So that means I got your back. Like it's okay. And how often does anybody hear that? You know? And so never. Unless you're in like a very elite segment of people where the whole network system is working to their advantage. And so that's right. I, think I don't know what that's like. Moment, I'm going to tell you. I have zero idea. <laughs> but I think that, yeah. So um, this moment that we're in, you know, this epic moment that we're in way back in the beginning of our podcast, we interviewed um, my dear friend, Alexis Lloyd, who was my partner at, mm. with John at Automatic. Um, she is now VP of design at Medium, brilliant, wonderful human. And we talked about society centered design um, mm. and like a that. lot of like provocations that. around that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that this moment this moment where we're, we're, we're dismantling so many things and really just exposing and um, asking for receipts for all of the things, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about hella creative and like you're yeah. the intent behind that because I think 
that this is a real like what 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 you all have had started with Hella Juneteenth, Hella Juneteenth. In my opinion, I think it's like a was a is a movement, right? Uh, a yeah. movement that is like very much connected to Black Lives Matter and. I mean, and that is not unconnected to COVID and the economic crisis and everything that is just completely being mm -hmm. dismantled right now. And probably, yeah. and not probably, because it has to be. So, so talk to us about, talk to us about Hella Creative and Hella Juneteenth and that whole process yeah. and where you're at, where you're going. Yeah. So I have two things that I'm going to say uh, before I get into that, or actually one thing and then get into it. Um, so. <laughs> When you were talking about that idea of society-driven design, me and John have been uh, playing with this phrase, and I came up with it, and he's gonna—he's helping me develop it. Uh, uh, functional inclusivity. Mm. So, and so this idea that in order for a brand or an experience to actually be a good one, you have to make sure that you're being inclusive in the way that you're uh, considering your customer. Now, your customer can be a wide base or it can be a very nuanced group of people, but you have to be inclusive of their needs. You can't just be designing at them or you can't be talking at them um, because real brands, according to Douglas Holt from the, you know, the Harvest Business Review, you know, real brands are, are proliferate ideas and have space, take up space in people's lives. Like they have this like, identity mythos they have this theme that they're like that they're constantly perpetuating within somebody's mind mm -hmm. and so in order for it to be of use to someone then it has to include them mm -hmm. right and so like when it when it something excludes them then it becomes very problematic and what we know about brands today because I, oh, I just presented to our ceo about like the like the understanding that brand the the meaning of brand has to shift mm -hmm. um when we yes. talk about nice brands we're talking about everything that every touch point in every interaction that uh, a user has that reminds them of that brand or the markers of that brand identity right and so brands are developed over interactions or are the combination of interactions over time right and so like if a brand has consistently showed somebody that they have not included them mm -hmm. Then you know that brand is having a negative impact on that person, mm -hmm. no matter how good their technology is, no matter how good their services are. Um, and inclusivity is is being defined in a real way right now, and mm -hmm. what's happening in the world, particularly in this country. Um, so that was like the first point. And the second point, um, <laughs> you know, I think that when we're talking about developing society-centered design, we have to really understand the sociology of a society. Mm -hmm. We have to understand uh -oh, how Jackie's people lighting up. are connected, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> how people are connected, how they function, how they, mm -hmm. how they, how they live together. And one of the things that- Social um, creative, That's right, that's right. Like you only, your products and your experiences are a representation of who you are as a person, but then also as a community. Like the people mm -hmm. who built the things you know who they are is in the things that they build uh -huh. so i oh think goodness. that like one of the things that was really cool about this initiative that a couple of me a couple of my friends and i had was we COVID happened when we were like all the feelings i had just moved to oakland i was so excited about my summer oakland experience <laughs> I, like, I love i love this place i love all the people here and i was super sad because we couldn't go outside and you know the work weather here is perfect so it's like damn well, i can't be outside <laughs> but um we got lonely and it was it was two of it was three of us so myself a guy named brian watson a guy named miles dotson we had all these plans for the summer we we're like you know what let's just start a slack community and see if we can stay in contact with each other and so how do we build ritual around being connected virtually so we would do these thursday happy hours um, we created all these different topic channels, right? So we can go, people can go in there and have different discussions. Um, and what we would do is a weekly round out. So we would say, okay, these are the things that are going on in these uh, channels, right? And so people, you know, the community went from 10 people to 50 people. So now we're a little wow. over 100. Wow. Um, but they're all people who are interwoven with our original circle, right? So um, especially when you're in Silicon Valley, if you're Black, 
you're a design professional or creative professional, you kind of know each other, right? Right. <laughs> um, or you're one degree right. of separation. You're like, uh, and uh, here's the list of the few of us. Basically, basically. <laughs> so you just invite your friends. and I mean, like, honestly, we, we went from, we, it was intrinsic to who we were. So we weren't very intentional about just making a black space. Um, but like, we wanted it to be a safe space and we were safe with each other. And so by virtue of that, we've started to invite people in it. You know, we have a spectrum in terms of representation, um, but it's primarily black, um, black and brown. Um, and so, you can think about it. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> if you about, if you about the talk, we gotta, you know, like we, we, we're, we're so open. Um, and I think what's really cool is we're in the process of just re like solidifying our values as a company. I mean, as a, not a company, but as a com community, as a collective, um, you know, and the first thing that we said by far was like, this is a safe space. So only positive energy. And if you got, you know, if you bring any of that whack shit, you're out. Like that was like <laughs> yeah. the posture. Code of conduct. You know? And yep. it was the code of conduct. Yeah. It literally was very simple. Like we're making this a safe space. Right. You, if you're a woman, this is a very safe space for you, right? Okay. Specifically as a black woman, we do everything that we can to make sure that we're talking specifically to those issues because we know mm -hmm. those issues are neglected, yeah. especially as three men who are founders of this thing. Um, and it was super informal, right? Super informal. Um, I'd say, what's today? Monday? Maybe about three and a half weeks ago. Um, we were on our little Thursday happy hour and we talk about everything. We talk about shows, we talk about wine, we talk about everything, right? So Thursday <laughs> night happy hours, that's what we do. And, and we were adjusting the time because we had a few people from the East Coast. So we do a West Coast edition, then we do an East Coast edition. And you, I mean, you get a mixed bag of nuts, whoever was at the happy hour. But it was like a small group of people that were there. And it, this was just like, at the height of the protests, this was, mm -hmm. we were experiencing so much uh, visual trauma around us, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is not a new experience for us as a community, but it was a very intense one because it felt like the whole world now understood exactly what was happening. And mm -hmm. they were trying to ask us all these different questions. Like most of us who are in corporate spaces, we just constantly got, you know, um, bombarded with so much, um, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And some of us were just like, you know what? Like, how do we protect our energy in all of this? And um, we were talking about it. We were having a kumbaya moment. And mm -hmm. one of us was like, yo, you know what? Like, we got to figure out how to bring some joy into our lives. We got to figure mm -hmm. out, you know, like, how are we going to really um, uh, kind of make light of this moment, even though it's not light, you know? Like, how do we, how do we get together? And one of our friends was like, oh, yeah, Juneteenth is coming up. Uh, and that was like a week, like, I think this was 10 days before Juneteenth or some, mm -hmm. something crazy like that, maybe 14 days, 10 days, something like that. And uh, it, it was actually exactly 15 days before. Um, and the other person was like, oh, yeah, that's my birthday. And we we're like, oh, you black as hell. You were <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, no, 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 we should do something. We should do like a little socially distant picnic, right? Just to get to get, get the gang back together. And we we're like, all right, cool, cool. And then uh, we started asking each other, yo, do we, we all have to work, right? On, on Juneteenth, Aww. that was a Friday. And we were like, yeah, but we're going to take that shit off. We started talking a lot of a lot of crap in our little circle, and then it slowly snowballed into this thing where we're, you know what? Why isn't Juneteenth a holiday? You know what? We're gonna we're gonna declare it a holiday, and then you know what? Why as well do seven days of it? So we started <laughs> to make these things, and I said, wait a minute, I have an idea. I shared my Zoom screen, and I was in Photoshop, literally creating I was like, the you, first you statement. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had to do it. I had mid to do board, it. Mid Let's board. do it. You just said that Chrome <laughs> browser. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was it was so organic because I was already working on like a, a small project with another friend with quote cards because I I think he is like one of the most prolific speakers. I have to introduce you to him. His name is Jonathan Jackson, and he did a really interesting. Um, 
study at Harvard recently about the, the modern day media company and how design talent slash entertainment talent has become like a company of one. So he's, he's doing awesome, amazing work. I'll have to definitely introduce wow, you to him. Yes. Um, but we were, do- he's like one of the most prolific speakers that I've ever met. Every time he talks to me, I find like five or six quotes that I want to like capture. So I already had these like quote templates and I was creating and we came up with this statement and we came up with this first series of graphics and we were like, holy shit, like Let's this is it. like a thing. Let's yeah. do it. Let's and see. then, but the product per- people in our, like the product. <laughs> Y'all are like, are, you can't take, you can't take the design. We can't just do it. We're <laughs> like, straight we out of you. Can't. You're like, let's do this though. Like, but we got to we, we, Exactly. We got to really do it. Where's and, the like, campaign? We just can't make a statement. It wasn't even a campaign at first. I'm just kidding. I'm just like, kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's how we're thinking. Like, we're like, we can't just say that we're going to take this day off how do we help other people who are in our Uh situations take the day off too and so that was the thing that we were like we're not just going to say something we're going to be about that action and we're going to give everybody else something so they have no excuse to be about that action so we made the first version of our landing page with resources not only a brief history of juneteenth but resources on okay if you need to take off here's a letter that you can uh, use to take that off or you know, if you um, if you want to reach out to your DNI lead, here's a sample letter that you can use to do that. So we wanted to enable people, right? In mm. the same way that we felt in, in, in empowered, there was a sense of freedom that came with the celebration of Juneteenth because of uh, everything that was happening. Yeah. And we just were like, how do we activate it? And so we launched that Saturday night, so we knew it was a bad time to you know to post it on Instagram or whatever. We woke up Sunday morning and the thing had just taken off. Like you went we viral? Like, Whoa. Is we went theme? viral, right? But that was the part one. And so we were like, oh, okay, this is interesting. We're getting some traction, whatever. We didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I want to say that Monday or Tuesday, Jack Dorsey tweets, retweets our, um, there our it is. link Surprise. Um, for our site <laughs> as a resource information, nope. but also as a call to action. <laughs> to have other companies send in solidarity mm-hmm. with us because he had made that, um, he made, he made mm-hmm. that decision. I think that Monday or Tuesday after we had, you know, um, put out our statement that uh, Twitter and square was going to, was going to observe the holiday officially and it, uh, observe it in perpetuity. And so uh, that was extremely exciting because we're like, wait, so now we have to really get serious you about campaign. <laughs> yeah, you got to campaign. Um, we got to <laughs> campaign this. And slowly but surely, you know, I talked to John about it. He's like, oh, this is, this is really good. This is uh, <laughs> interesting. How and fabulous. he took a step but back. Like, how wonderful. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of how he said yeah. it. Um, and, he, uh, and he said, well, he said, one of the things I keep thinking about is how do you show someone progress? Now you want people to join on the movement, but how do you how do you give them a way to participate? And he's particularly talking about the companies. Mm-hmm. He said that you know you've enabled people at some level to observe the holiday in the way that they can. Now we know that um, not everybody had the luxury of being able to take off, uh, particularly when we think about people of color, people, black people especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, being, you know, making up uh, a lot of the essential work, working roles, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe having not the same kind of um, uh, flexibility and in, in, mm-hmm. in their ability to observe the holiday. So like keeping that in mind that you've tried to provide a resource that can help multiple types of people, how do you make it so that the companies enable more people to observe the holiday? And when he said it, I immediately knew what we needed to do in terms of like hosting uh, some sort of submission form on our site. I mean, how many companies did you get to sign on for Hella Juneteenth? So officially just, I think it was 635. Wow. And I would say 50% of those are companies that have more than 200 employees. It was a a good feeling because we, we knew that like, you know, some people would critique, well, you know, what percentage of those employee base would be black that are getting the day off. And it was more of like, it wasn't about just giving people the day off. It was about creating uh, a nationwide sensitivity to 
this holiday and why this holiday represents so much more to us as black people than the fourth, right? Yeah. right. Which is coming right. up pretty soon. Right. Um, right. And, and how, you know, I, I, I wrote this exactly a year ago uh, when I was celebrating the fourth. I got a group of my friends, basically the same kind of hella creative crew. Um, <laughs> and we celebrated the fourth and I wrote about it. I said, you know, I've always had a mixed relationship with the 4th of July because I've never felt truly American. Mm -hmm. But the only time I really feel American is with my community. And mm -hmm. so it's so amazing to see in a year's time that I was able not only to galvanize that very community to do something meaningful, but also like we, we, we found what, what our symbol of freedom was as a, as a community. Uh -huh. And it was, it was incre incredibly powerful to um, just get behind that and, and, and get the world um, to see, know who, you know, oh my declared. Gosh. Um, we're, you know, fairly soon, by the time I think this airs, um, we would have sent out a follow-up uh, kind of communications with those companies that, that reached out to Excellent us. Excellent experience. Um, and we want Excellent. to, oh, we have to, we have Free to. Free July 4th, we gotta get experience. it in, get it in. We have to, um, yeah. because, you know, we, we have to really understand, okay, this was a mad dash, right? We had a certain amount of days for your company to observe it, but like next year, we're not gonna be in a rush. We're, we're gonna come back in six months and say, hey, remember us? Um, and then three months later, hey, Hey, did you work that into your fiscal planning? You mm -hmm. know, uh, where's the official holiday calendar? You know, like mm -hmm. really yeah. try to make sure that people don't forget um, in the same way that sometimes when the news story changes, people forget. That's why I think while I was excited about the news and the media, I knew that that was that that spotlight was going to go away at some point. Right. Um, right. And so like you know, my joy is not going to go away. My, mm -hmm. my, 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 my desire for this holiday to become an official holiday, even after it becomes a national holiday, because it will be, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my, my desire for everyone to observe it will not go away. Right. And so, cause it's, it's the space that we can find our freedom, right? Like, or at mm -hmm. least for me being born in this country, both of my family, both of my mother and my father, our def def uh, descendants of slaves, right? Like this is our symbol for freedom. We paused our podcast and all of this. We, I mm -hmm. think we recorded one, released it the week of, and even like we did some intros that we were just like talking about this and it was just, it was a lot. Yeah. And what we wanted to do was not to add to the Twitter conversation more about things that don't mm. fucking matter, yeah. right? Like this is not a time for design ops. This is a time about like elevating Black Lives Matter protests and um, the, making sure that the way that, and, you know, I was in Atlanta, um, like uh, Allison was in New York and we were just like, this is on fire. Like the protests were happening all yep. over the place. It was about supporting those movements. And we felt like from a podcast standpoint, it was not the time for us to take up space. And yeah. when yeah. we were thinking about how do we close out the industry, we were just like, oh my gosh, I wonder if Quentin would talk to us, um, you know, and one thing we're taking absolutely forward and one thing both as two women of color in leadership is elevate like voices of color. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, and then this is my other chant at work, make the hire, make the hire, mm -hmm. make the hire, like yes. diversify your team. So yes. it's a collective call to action. We're all in design leadership. It's yes. like make the hire, listen and elevate and evolve and like, and a sponsor, we're in the position to do so, yes. you know, like. Yes, yes. It's such a call to action yes. in all mm -hmm. of those, but like make the hire. It will change. I think we all saw Christy Tillman on Twitter when she was like, you will change someone's life and do not discount that. Like right. make yeah. the hire. So I feel like yeah. if anyone hears this, a call to action is show up next year, show up next Juneteenth and make the yeah. hire and like yeah. take a step and, and yeah. hold some accountability. to Own action. your responsibility. Yes. Because we hold yourself and accountable. You I was going to say, if you really want to make the hire too. So one of the things that's so beautiful about this hella creative collective that we've made, um, we're all world-class talent and we're incubating with each other. And so if I surround myself with the people that I care about and I say they're quality, and you know me, then they're a quality. And so if you need to make a hire, right, there are communities that are being incubated right now where you mm -hmm. can pull from the best talent in the world. To me, 
I already, I always say if you're black, you're in corporate America, you're already exceptional because of all the things that you had to go yeah. go through to get there. Mm-hmm. And if, if it was a situation where maybe you were born affluent, it's what your family had to go through in order right. for you to get there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're exceptional. You have exceptionalism in your blood. So mm-hmm. don't ever mistake that. But if mm-hmm. there's still doubt, uh, there is a community of people that are that is incubating right now that I have access to, that a few of my friends have access to, that will provide the talent that will change the rooms. We absolutely are inspired by the amazing Quentin Harris. And hopefully you are eager to learn more and you probably have already quickly Googled, but if you want to see all of the brands that um, have united to make Juneteenth a holiday and learn more about Juneteenth, go to hellajuneteenth.com. And uh, you can follow the amazing Quentin Harris on all of the social, um, about his name, at Quentin Harris. And uh, there's more to come on Hella, the Hella Creative community at hella.community. Um, and oh my heavens, season one. We have some people to thank. Oh my gosh, we thank do, you. We do, we do. Thank you, Allison. Oh, thank you, Jackie. You're the best. Um, okay. I love you. And there's some people who helped us put this entire season together. A, a massive thank you to John Fry. Thank you, Isabella oh, yes. Humphrey. Oh my gosh, Isabella Humphrey. Isabella with one L. You can find her on the gram, the IG, the Insta um, at Isabella.Humphrey. And uh, that's one L. Yeah, 1L and IsabellaHumphrey.com. You can see her portfolio and all the amazing work she does. Yes. Oh my gosh. She's so amazing. If you loved Mm -hmm. our brand, please go um, check out IsabellaHumphrey.com. And and John Fry. Oh my gosh. I love that guy. And thanks to, I mean, I think our entire, like both of our partners, like our families families and all of this, I think one time locked, I currently have locked out of my room recording this one time, my son, I was trying to show him how to use Adobe audition. My 11 year old did help um, edit one of our episodes. So thank you, Jack Fry as well. Oh my God. Thank um, you, Jack. He wanted to learn how to use audition. I was like, your mama going to show you. I'm going to show you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. He also Thank said you. we were funny, didn't he? Yes, that was the episode. He, he edited it and he <laughs> was like, that, that, was, that was funny. I was like, you did not just call your mom funny. He called me funny. <laughs> they me funny. You are funny. Um, okay, so this has been amazing. I, been we're amazing. doing a season two. Yeah. This is totally happening. We are doing it. I'm going to hold you to it. I love we're you so it. much. I love you so much. Peace. I'll call you. I'm Marco Polo. Bye. <laughs>